And the whole process took place without me knowing anything about it until the last minute. And so I'm convinced there was some shenanigans that was taking place and some dialogue between the previous administration that really undermined those people that wanted to qualify. Welcome in, Canoes. Another fantastic week. Your favorite political podcast. It's Alabama Politics This Week. Brought to you by the fine people at Wind Creek Entertainment. Uh, happy to have you along. I am Josh Moon, and that is... David Person. How are you, David? Hey, man. I'm hanging in there. It's, uh, yeah. it's a week that uh, I think is, uh, has, has got had some really nice high points, and uh, so I'm going to... I'm try to keep riding the wave, baby. Oh, Just ride that wave, nice. you know. It's all you can do, man. It's all you can yeah. do on uh, some yeah. days. It's uh, uh, you know, or some weeks, hell, some yeah. months for that for that matter. Is uh, is, is try to hit the hit the high points and and stay with them. Yeah. Uh, just keep focusing on those things, and uh, that's that's about all you can do. I'm I'm uh, myself coming off of Disney High, so mm-hmm. uh, you know I've been to the magical, most magical place on earth, or the happiest place on earth, and uh, spent some days there with the family and enjoyed it, enjoyed every second of it, loved it. Uh, very, I got to tell you, um, I was talking to to my brother in law. He and I share a lot of the same. Uh, uh, philosophical viewpoints on that on stuff and we were sitting around talking as we were well, let, letting the uh the girls shop and uh, and when i say girls i mean my actual daughter his actual daughter and our, and our wives as well mm-hmm. um and uh and so it, we were talking about this uh you know this these places that they have created there um and, and i know they're making money okay i know they're a business i know i know all of that uh but it is, it's something, it, it's more than that. I mean, it, it's, it's more than, you know, it's, it's an inspiring sort of thing uh, to see what they have done and what they have created out of these stories that are mostly very positive stories about acceptance and, and love and caring and, and treating each other with respect and dignity and being, uh, being open to, to this and overcoming obstacles um, and, and, you know, teaching young girls that they can be whatever they want to be and te- you know, and young boys for that matter as well. But it's re- very important for a long time for young girls and people of color, uh, mm-hmm. you know, that, that they can, they can succeed and that they, they've changed over the years and, and tried to make sure that they, they push that point more, uh, because, you know, I know that they had said in the past, they had done a very poor job of, of portraying, uh, those those cultures uh, and being fair to them and and, and that you can see that reflected in a lot of things that they do now and and in the characters that they have and and who you go and see and who you meet and um, and it just is it it really is a a great great place I mean it it is it's it's a it's a fantastic place I know it costs a, a ton of money believe me mm. I am aware okay <laughs> believe me uh, but. You know, it just, it, it's just, you get this feeling while you're there of, of you know, this this place that's almost larger than life that's been created um, by by somebody with a vision to do uh, certain things and taking on these great stories and then creating this place for kids to come and, and enjoy themselves. And um, it, we, had a, we had a really wonderful time uh, at the place, and it was, you know, you le- uh, left thinking that, that you know, you 
should hope, everybody should hope to, to create something that brings that much joy to that many people. You know, mm-hmm. business mm-hmm. or not, business or not, that's fine. If you want to make some money off of it, that's fine. I don't know, Disney makes a ton of money. That's fine. But it doesn't mm-hmm. cheapen, I don't think, in my opinion, it doesn't cheapen what they are also doing. And it's also nice that, that we were there on, uh, there was some sort of uh, of a festival that was taking place, an LGBTQ-related festival that was at Epcot oh. while we were there. And they, okay. had the, they had the giant ball and the, and the multicolors. And it really felt like a great big metal finger to Ron DeSantis uh, to just remind him, you know, it's like the scene from Game of Thrones when the, when the, uh, the older lady says, you know, tell Joffrey it was me, I want him to, or tell Cersei it was me, I want him to know. Uh, I want him to know. And it was, it was yeah. kind of like, you know, the mouse saying, you know, tell Ron DeSantis it was me, I want him to know. Uh, was, we did this to him. Uh, but no, it was, it was great, um, you know, and, and so, uh, I, I, and I just wanted to say that. And, uh, but yeah. it, um, also, uh, before we get into this uh, more, you know, uh, some on a on a on a smaller scale, uh, some also great places. Uh, the the Wing Creek folks uh, here mm-hmm. that sponsor us and and have opened up uh, some nice resorts in this uh, state and are, and around the country and uh, have some nice locations for you to visit as well. They have the some of the greatest hotels and, and casinos uh, in well certainly in this state, uh, but you know they also have some some pretty fine locations around the country as well. And and I wish you would check them out and and go see them. We're going to talk a bit about gambling. Uh, in the open uh, here because it's going to be a hot topic for a while uh, in our state legislature and and what we're looking to do uh, with legalizing gambling. But I think if you want an example of what it could be, um, you look right now at the Porch Creeks and and what they've been able to do because they are legal gambling in this state. Uh, they they have a you know a federal cover uh, to mm-hmm. to to open uh, electronic bingo casinos. Now, what would come if the gambling legislation passes are much larger outfits, much they would expand their casinos. Other casinos that are operating in the state would also be able to expand under the licensing deals. And so you would eventually, I know that what they have planned uh, for a Northeastern location is a resort destination uh, Mm. with, with pools and parks and things like that for the kids uh, to come. The parents of course would be there for the, for the gambling sports book or whatever that was, that was there. And they would also have a variety of other attractions and restaurants and places, and it would transform whatever town, I assume it's going to be somewhere in the Fort Payne area. Uh, But whatever is going to transform that as same as I know the McGregor family had a, tremendous i've seen the plans uh for for the outfit that they were going to put in shorter uh between montgomery and auburn and Mm -hmm. it would it would turn that into a destination for people going to auburn games auburn football games auburn basketball games or people just traveling through the state you know on their way to atlanta or wherever they're going Mm -hmm. um it would be it was going to be a remarkable place they've got a great hotel you know that hotel state really really nice hotel uh the set empty uh, there for years and and they were going to have an entertainment venue and some other places there but you know that that all got squashed over this stupid fighting that we've been doing um but and, and that's an example though of what the, you know the porch creeks have been able to do and and what they will do in the future is they've pushed it to the limit with the laws that we currently have in mm-hmm. in terms of of creating a quality environment and a quality atmosphere for you to come and enjoy yourself uh in a in a safe uh, fantastic environment with all the restaurants and spas and things like that. And, you know, and one of these days, David's going to book his trip. 
I will. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. do it this year. It's going to have. It's going to definitely happen this year. Should happen this spring. I've got a. I've got some. I was telling Josh off mic. I've got some, some personal stuff going on related to uh, uh, one of my mentors, and uh, and so uh, I I may end up having to uh, take an. Uh, a trip down to Florida to Orlando, not to go to Disneyland or right. Disney World, but for a sadder occasion here, probably this this coming month. But uh, but I plan. I'm hoping I can get it in there. Um, you know, before the spring passes by, hoping I can yeah. get to uh, probably the uh, probably the Wetumpka location. But uh, it's going to be one of the locations, though. Yeah, yeah well, well, I hope so. And then, uh, and listen, just just go online whenever, like anybody else can, mm. go online to uh, Wind Creek Entertainment. Uh, they they'll have the website pulled up. You can select your location, take it, take a look at all the amenities, book your spas, uh, you know, get some re- restaurant reservations. It, uh, it's uh, the great restaurants that are in there, and, and y'all go give them a visit. And um, all right, so we, you know, I've, I've written this week about what's kind of gone on with, yeah. with gambling, um, and I've written, you know, I write a lot about gambling, and I, honestly, I can tell you how I got into this, okay? Because uh, there, there's all sorts of rumors about how you know that Milton McGregor uh, used to pay me, uh, and you know, and it was <laughs> oh, he was he was he was giving me cash, and Milton McGregor's never given me a dime. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the only thing uh, that he has ever given me was uh, a, a turkey. A Christmas, a Bates turkey. Um, and I had no idea for the first three years that he was the one behind it. Uh, oh. Yeah, he, it just showed up to my house. It was not marked. And it just said, Merry Christmas. That's all it said. Hmm. And then uh, uh, one year. Uh, Wait, did you cook, did you guys cook it? Oh, of course we cooked it. Yes. It's fantastic, oh. man. Have you ever had a Bates turkey? No. You know, I don't. You, you know, I'm a vegan, but. So, right. Oh well, that's uh, right. I'm sorry. But yeah, uh, but I even when not. I ate, yeah, but even when I ate meat, I didn't do turkey. But I'm just curious. I was oh, curious well, though. Okay. I asked that because if an unmarked turkey, <laughs> or an unmarked <laughs> meal showed up at my door, right. I just don't was, know if I'd. Cook it wasn't that. necessarily unmarked. All right? It wasn't just like somebody left a butterball on a dish outside. All right, but it, so it came in a baits <laughs> in, in this whole big elaborate baits packaging. You know, oh, okay. and so 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 the turkey was in a box, and inside the box was a cooler with the dry ice and everything, keeping it cold. And then inside of that was the turkey that was wrapped up in you know some sort of cellophane wrapping. Uh, and so so then and it included instructions on heating it and doing it or whatever. And the first time we you know I didn't think much about it, but the first time we ever heated that thing up and tried it, it was like oh my god, why have we been doing this? This is fantastic. I mean, it's a <laughs> but but the box itself, I knew it came from Bates. And mm-hmm. I tried to inquire about where it had come from, because honestly, the first time it showed up, I thought there had been a mistake. Uh-huh. You know, even though it said my name on the box, I called him. I was like, I, you know, I didn't order a turkey, and I didn't want him to charge me for the turkey. Right. So, <laughs> so it wasn't until later, uh, I, and I don't, I can't even remember the conversation I was having with somebody, and they, and I mentioned this Bates turkey, and he was like, Oh yeah, the McGregor turkey, and I was like, What? He's like, Yeah, man, Milton sends those things to everybody, and I was. Really? And so I called wow. Milton and asked him if he had sent me this turkey. Said, yeah, big boy. How'd you like that turkey? <laughs> I said, man, I didn't know that. And I said, yeah, I just wanted to make sure you you knew how much I appreciated you looking into all this gambling stuff. That's all I wanted. Uh, and so that was, that was him. He would mm-hmm. never 
come out and ask you for things. He would never mm-hmm. come out and say anything. He believed, and this is my experience, okay? This mm-hmm. is, I'm not going to speak for anybody else. My experience with him was he believed he was right, and he believed that if he just explained it to you enough that you would understand how right he was in all of this. And, and that's all he ever said to me about it, and, mm-hmm. and that there was no, you know, there was no anything. But mm-hmm. the way I got no into quid it. quid pro me, quo. Yeah. Right, right. Yes. So yeah. the way I got into this was I had an editor uh, at the Montgomery Advertiser named Tom Clifford. Um, great editor. I loved him. Um, and I was in his office one day, one of the few times I was ever in the office. Um, and mm. uh, and we were talking about just stories and what we, what we had coming up, what we were going to do, you know, what, what, I, what I thought people should be doing, that sort of thing. And he said... So, you know, one of the things that I don't really understand, we got this story today about this electronic bingo. What the fuck is electronic bingo? What are we doing with electronic bingo? Why can we play electronic bingo, but you can't just have a slot machine? What, what is going on with this? And I said, I went into this kind of spiel of, or from what I understood at the time of, well, uh, gambling's illegal, but because there's bingo, you can have certain types of bingo in the state. And I know that the Porch Creeks have this type and these casinos have this other type. And I said, you know, and so I, I don't really know what, what's going on. And he said, well, why don't we find out? Why don't we do a story? Why don't we do a story and explain just what the hell is going on here? Mm-hmm. And I said, Okay, we'll do that. And so uh, in the course of the next couple months, I talked to the former governor of Alabama, Rob Riley, uh, Bob Riley, uh, Bob Riley, and his son, Rob Riley. Uh, that, those stories are out there, by the way. It's, it's a long package. I think it was an eight-part series uh, oh, wow. on gambling. And, and, and it includes uh, Rob and Bob's explanation of how they got entangled with the Russian mafia um, over gambling. Hmm. And, uh, yeah, it's very interesting. Um, and... Um, uh, at one point, I, I said, even said, wrote in the story, said about Bob Riley said, uh, got on the intercom uh, to his son and said, Rob, you got a few minutes to come up here and talk about the Russian mob, uh, <laughs> which is not something you expect the former governor to say. No, uh, definitely yeah. not. <laughs> right. uh, so, uh, you know, I talked to a boatload of attorneys that work for both, you know, the AG's office and the governor's office and and the the casino owners around the state went down and visited my first trip down to uh, to Atmore to to the reservation. Uh, looked at what they have done. I'm dude. It is amazing what they have done in that mm. town of Atmore that used to be known as nothing more as the stop on the interstate for the prison. I mm. mean that place. Uh, the, do you know they all, there's free health care? There's free health care on the reservation. For, for tribe members. I didn't they're, know that. Yeah. They, 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 that. they no. set up the entire, basically the entire town with a water system. Um, huh. They have, I mean, they have fire service, fire and police service that they routinely provide out to the rest of the town. They have, I mean, they, they've done so much stuff in funding the schools and all the other things around there. Now, listen, of course they're making a, a lot of money off of the casino and stuff, but these are sort of the, if you're interested in how to build up a community off of something that is already taking place all around you, well, then these are the benefits that can come from that. And that has always been the argument. And that's kind of what I wrote about today. Or you know, for the, okay. And when I say that today, we're recording that on Wednesday. On Wednesday yeah. is uh, historically in this state, there has been a, a, whenever there's a push for some sort of gaming legislation here, statewide legislation, because right now the only gaming 
statewide legislation that is in place or statewide laws that are in place basically say all forms of gambling are illegal. Uh, Mm -hmm. All games of chance are illegal in this state. Now, there are a variety of county-specific amendments that allow for the playing of bingo. Um, Most of those were passed prior to the invention of electronic bingo, and those counties do not consider themselves eligible to play electronic bingo. Uh, Electronic bingo was classified as bingo by the federal government and allowable under the various regulations of gaming that they hold. There are three different classifications of gaming at the federal level, okay? I know I'm dumping a lot of information here, but there is class one, which is your your, your standard games of chance, your paper bingo, that's the, the regular bingo hall. There are class two, uh, that includes electronic games, which includes electronic bingo. And then mm-hmm. there's class three games in there that, uh, that would include all your table games and uh, blackjack, uh, the you know the regular casino games uh, right. have. and it also includes paramutual gambling, uh, which we've had in this state for a bunch of years because in Macon and Green and Mobile and Jefferson County, we all all four of those counties horse tracks, have yeah. have dog tracks or horse tracks, mm-hmm. um, and so they have a, a county amendment specific to paramutual wagering on those uh, specific things. So. Whenever somebody talks about why are we going to put limit these things to these counties, that's one of the reasons is those counties have already passed amendments that allow for gambling, a more up to date versions of gambling or class three gambling in the case of the dog tracks and, and horse tracks uh, in their uh, in their counties. And so that's one of the reasons why we always look to that now. Yeah. So along the way, you know, the, the Porch Creeks obviously uh, became a federally recognized tribe that then qualified them to offer class two games because elsewhere in the state, bingo was being offered. All right. So if you ever wanted to try to shut down the Porch Creeks facilities, the way you would have to do that is you would have to kill all of those bingo amendments. You have to kill them all, and I'm still not sure you can get it done. Uh, Mm. But you you, you have to kill them all and have no gambling in the state whatsoever uh, Mm. before you'd be able to do it. And it's never going to happen. And the reason, uh, here's another big argument that people always make is, well, I'm I'm for a lottery, but that's all I want. Well, we have positioned ourselves in such a way in this state that we can't do that. Because Mm. if there were to be a lottery, According to the federal laws that govern things, uh, some people, uh, there's, a, there's some disagreement on this, but some people believe that it would then entitle the Porch Creeks to operate lottery games. Um, and that it then includes a whole bevy of, of uh, lottery machines that are much more popular than the electronic gaming machine, electronic bingo machines. Okay. So that then, you know, gives them a leg up. And so then you, you're talking about squeezing out the folks in Greene County and Macon County and, and uh, Jefferson County. Uh, and so that's why there's always a lot of pushback on that. But we have gotten ourselves into this position now where there is no comprehensive gaming laws governing the state right now. Correct. We just have a mishmash of county specific laws. And then we have the Supreme Court of Alabama, which came in on the backside of everything and just made up its own bingo law uh, hmm. by, by writing out these laws that, that this test for bingo that that required you to play on paper or whatever. Um, 
to which the manufacturers of the machines then went back and, and immediately adjusted those machines. So they were all, they were basically following those laws just electronically. Mm. Uh, but it, it just, and so it's, it's gotten to be a mess. And, and, you know, when people say, well, how can the Supreme Court say this? And then they still hold these games and let's say Macon County and Victory Lane. All right. They say that these things are illegal. Well, because the county specific amendment, the constitutional amendment is supposed to be the supreme law of our state. Right. And so that constitutional amendment says that it is up to the sheriff of that county to determine which games are legal and which games are not. Hmm. And so if the sheriffs of those counties are going in and saying these games are legal and they have a county amendment governing those those games, you know. Nothing can be done. Well, I mean, you, you can fight about it all you want, you know, and you can raid them and take the machines and leave with them and all that. But, which has been done. Which has been done. Um, and then, but then you also get into the very poor optics of confiscating these machines from a green track or making, you know, a county facility uh, in a very poor county, while at the same time, the same exact machines are being played a few miles away on the Porch Creek facilities in our state at, to which we're reaping no tax benefits from. Right. And, and so basically, I think what I'm trying to say here is this is so stupid, what we're doing. Um, we receive very little tax income from any of this. We have almost zero benefits. We have probably more gambling taking place in this state. We certainly have more gambling uh, facilities in this state than almost any of the surrounding states around us that have legalized gambling that that, that we have. And we have, we get zero benefit from any of these things. Um, There there was, there's a story that I know of, of a guy, of of a ring of folks that were making that over the last two or three years, I want to say it was three years, uh, have pulled in more than $2 billion in bets on sport, sporting events in this state. Um, yeah, not, I want to say not sporting events specific to this state, but in this state they are operating and they've taken in that, that amount of bets. Gotcha. I, I mean, so, I mean, you know, that that's that's rivaling what's taking place in other states with sport. Right now, Tennessee has legalized uh, sports wagering. Uh, I, I do every time I go uh, to my in-laws house, I break out the mm-hmm. DraftKings uh, app and, and make and play some bets on whatever's taking place on, you know, do, do a few of the little parlays and, 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 you know, make a little, I typically make a little cash every now and then. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, it, it just, <clears throat> so where we are now is all of these people have a stake in this thing. And so getting a comprehensive deal done is very difficult. And then you toss into that mix uh, the church folks who have a lesser voice at this point because really, I mean, who's out there pushing against gambling now? Um, And then not not many. uh, On top of that, you have Alpha, which Mm -hmm. has a tremendous amount of political power in this state. And they, for some reason, are against gambling. and we don't we don't know why they're against gambling. I I honestly don't. I, I don't I don't know why. Other than that, that's just just always been their position. Um, I don't know why they're against it so, to such a degree. I, I mean, and they are they it the, over the last couple of weeks uh, to, to to demonstrate to you they they have made 
uh, political threats to a number of lawmakers out there uh, and basically telling them that if you back this, you're going to get a primary opponent that we're going to fund in the next election uh, or we're going to pull your funding that we've been giving you. Uh, You know, we're uh, going to encourage people to vote against you. And, you know, in this world, that's a pretty big blow to a lot of people. Um, And so they have been really pushing this. And some of those conversations have not been very friendly. Um, But it demonstrates not unusual. I mean, Alpha's not thugs. I'm not you know saying that by any stretch or anything. I mean, it's just you know this, they're they're against this. But I wanted to highlight how strongly they are against this. Um, and then I found out two days ago that they held their annual retreat for their Alpha insurance agents in Vegas. Huh. I, I mean. Huh. And the listen, hypocrisy, right? Uh, yes, you can be you can be against gambling all you want to be against gambling. You can think it's ill-gotten gains; it's not for you, whatever. But mm-hmm. much as you're saying, because I asked them for a comment on this, and they said, you know, our, our agents get to choose uh, where they go. They earn these points, and Vegas was one of the locations on the list that they chose, and that you know, and and it was on the list because. It offers a lot of options in outdoor activities, the Hoover Dam, visits to the Grand Canyon, golf, restaurants, and shopping. And, I mean, come on, man. They ain't going for the shopping in the restaurants. We all know this, all right? Yeah. Nobody going to Vegas for the, for just for the golf, all right? No, Unless no. you're on the, on the PGA Tour and there's an event that weekend. But, no. you know. They're going to Vegas for, for probably one of three reasons. The first one is obvious, which is the gambling. The second one is because you got you got acts and residents there like Usher, right. who is and he's tearing it up in Vegas, apparently, from yeah. what social media shows. You know, you got people like that. And then the third reason is you got close proximity to those brothels. So that's what it is. It's got to be one of those three reasons. Yeah, well, I, I don't think the alpha guys were going for the brothels. I, I'll say that. I, you know, there's a bunch of, I, I know some of these guys. They're, they're a bunch of, of good old boys. And, and they went, and, you know, I saw their pictures. Good old boys you know, like brothels. A lot of these folks, they, they took their wives or their wives took their, their husbands. Um, and, and, and it was a nice adult trip to Vegas where, you know, and, and certainly if they wanted to partake in, in something that was legal there. Okay, whatever. Uh, it's not none of my business. They're all adults. They can do whatever the hell they yeah. want to do. And that's yeah. my point. This is the point to all of this, yeah. uh, okay, is they chose this, all right? They're adults. They earned their points. They chose to go to Vegas where the gambling is. The, with, in addition to that, exactly what you also just said, the, the entertainment acts that are there, the other things, the shopping and the golf and all the other stuff that they talked about, they're, they're going to those things. Those things are there because those casinos were there and they built them up and they, they attracted people to that location. And so those other things popped up around them yep. to create these destinations, which is what they want to do here, you yeah. know? And you're standing in the way of this economic development and you're standing in the way of it on the premise that one, you're just dead set against gambling and two, that we're legalizing something that's already taking place to such a scale that by legalizing it, we're actually going to reduce the amount of it. I mean, it's insanity to me. It it reminds me of what I've been saying for years, Josh, which is that there's sort of a strange, almost uh, twisted 
kind of Puritanism going on in Alabama where the people of Alabama, you know, uh, want to gamble, but mm-hmm. they don't want to gamble in the state. They want to gamble outside <laughs> of the state for some weird reason. I don't, I don't think it's though, true. as though Alabama's holy ground or something. I don't. I don't. Really I, I, I don't. I don't. I don't think that that's true. I, I really don't. I really think, and I think that they know now that if they put this on the ballot, um, that the Alabamians will vote for it overwhelmingly. Well, maybe uh, now, but historically, historically, well, I think that's been the case. Maybe now is different. Maybe finally, yeah. we've caught up with the times and. And the people have a different, and when I say the people, I mean the voters now, maybe they have a different mindset. But historically, I think that's absolutely true because they weren't supporting, they weren't supporting the passage of this kind of legislation or getting it on the ballot. You know, Siegelman tried, you know, he staked his whole, um, you know, his whole governorship basically on trying to get a lottery in this state. And what happened? Nothing. Nothing. No, I, no, I, you know, they voted against it. They voted against the lottery initiative, and in, I think it was two thousand one, um, two thousand or two thousand one, one of those years down there. Mm-hmm. But it, it, um, you know, I will say it's it's easy, you know, now twenty three years, you know, forward uh, to to look at it and say, well, they voted against it because of, you know, um, you know, Alabamians don't want gambling or whatever. But there were a lot of 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 different problems with that uh, that were going on at the time, um, and and one of the um, one of the bigger issues I think that that took place with that was that there was not enough that there was a problem in getting the Black Caucus at the time on board with it, um, and and that that a lot of people credited that with with its ultimate failure because you couldn't, uh, and I can't remember the precise thing that, that drove that. Um, but there was something that did not happen, um, that, that should have happened. And, and so they lost that support. It wasn't Uh, because black people don't gamble because I know plenty of people that, or at least I would hear about plenty of people that would get on those buses to go to Mississippi and other places to gamble. So it wasn't that. No, 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 no. It, it's certainly that uh, you know. There's certainly a lot of gambling in the black community. It's just I think um, I, I think it was um, a lack of uh, of of where the you know it, it was it was it was more about where the money was going and and how the money was going you know the revenue from the lottery was going to be spent. And I think some people had some problems with that, and that that ultimately doomed it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, there was a big push from the from the church from the religious right. Um, you know, the same way on some some of these gambling bills that we've seen over the years uh, that that would have squashed a lot of this stuff. And I mean, they they've come really close a few times. Uh, there was there was once upon a time they were within basically uh, one vote and had the vote. Um and uh, the guy forgot to show, <laughs> forgot to go in and and cast the vote. Um, and, yeah, it's, it was he got caught outside talking. They forgot to go in. Um, but um, I mean, it, you know, there was just uh, there's just been a whole slew of things that have happened over the years that have led us to this point. And and really, all we're doing now is we just continue every year to cut off our nose to spot our face in this. And and there's we we can't come to, to an agreement. I mean, we're talking about something that's going to generate in the neighborhood of a billion dollars a year for this state in revenue. 
Um, and, and we could use that for a variety of different things. We could send yep. a bunch of kids to college. We could make, uh, our community college and trade schools, uh, free of charge for all state residents. We could, you know, cut the state income tax. We could, uh, we could cut the state gas tax. We could, we could do a lot of different, we could expand healthcare options in this state. Uh, and all of those things are on the table. Um, and you know, I, to me, it just is something that makes sense. You know, if you want to tell me all the ills of gambling, okay, I'll listen to you. And I know that a lot of those things are fair arguments, but we don't live on an island, you know, and and that's that's the point. We don't live on this island where these options aren't available. I can do all the gambling that I want to do, mostly from the comfort of my home right now. Yeah, and yeah. It, it you know it doesn't. It's a it's a mood point. It really is yeah. just a mood point. I mean, the NBA is in bed. Uh, I think the NBA and the NFL are are deep or all the way under the covers with you know, legalized gambling, ESPN is with it. You know, you talked about how you could do it from an app now, uh-huh. you know, you know, gambling is all, as you said earlier, it's already been here in this state, bedded in this state, you know, it's in, it's in all of the surrounding states. You know, what, what is the point of continuing to resist this? There is wow. no point in it. Yeah. The only, the only thing that would make sense is to capitalize on it in a way where it can benefit the, you know, the broader population. That's the only thing that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. At this point, 90% of the people who are in opposition to whatever gambling legislation out th- is out there, they're, they're in opposition to it because it hurts them financially in some way. Hmm. And that's, you know, either they have, they're operating an illegal gambling ring or they're representing people who operate illegal gambling rings hmm. or they're lobbyists who are making a lot of money off of this continued fight or, or somebody in those neighborhoods. And, and I mean, you know, we've got to stop this and do what's right for the betterment of the entire state. And this is what's right. A comprehensive deal is what's right for the state. Get it done, tax it, regulate it, and stop this foolishness. Um, and, you know, that's all we need to say about that. Now, we're going to come back. Uh, we're going to have uh, uh, Randy Kelly, chairman of the Alabama Democratic Party, on. And uh, he's uh, he's going to talk about uh, what's uh, what's going on with the delegate situation and uh, their, their problems with the national party. And we'll see if we can get some answers and some clarity on what exactly is taking place. We'll be back in a minute. It's Alabama Politics This Week, brought to you by Wind Creek Entertainment. Hey, uh, if y'all would do us a favor and uh, go, to, if you're on Apple Podcasts, go and rate and review our little podcast here. Uh, that would be very, very helpful for us. Uh, you know, people might pay us to do this. Well, you never know. Yeah, but yeah, but let's not stop at Apple. Also, uh, you can do the same thing on Google Play, Amazon, yeah. and some of the more Android-friendly, uh, you know, platforms uh, as well. I forget that Dave is an Android guy. I am. <laughs> Me, I'm a conformist. And so, you know, go to Apple. But seriously, wherever you go, just do it. Just, just go and, and rate and review, and, and that would be very nice. Unless you're going to leave a bad one. Don't do, don't do that. Just don't, doesn't don't, like that. Don't leave a bad one. Thank you. All right. Well, welcome back. Alabama politics this week. Josh Moon, David Person. And as always, we are happy to be joined by Reverend Dr. Uh, Randy Kelly uh, yep. and, uh, with Alabama Democratic Party. And 
Uh, Reverend Dr. Kelly, thank you again for being nice enough to come on and and join us and spend a few minutes with us. Yeah, well, thank you for your invitation. Absolutely, absolutely. Listen, as I was telling you before we came on, uh, you know, the one of the, the main reason we wanted to get you on this week is we spoke last week about kind of what's taking place with the delegates. And I know there's been kind of a threat of a lawsuit against the National Party um, and uh, over the selection of delegates or the deselection of delegates, I guess might be a better way to term it. Um, and to be perfectly honest, I don't understand, and I'm not sure, that, I don't want to speak for David and say he doesn't understand, but I, I got the feeling that we were kind of on the same page. That yeah. We didn't necessarily understand the intricacies of what goes into that delegate selection process, what the overall problem is and what's taking place here um, and and what what the argument is, I guess. And so if you wouldn't mind, uh, you know, I'm going to start with a pretty general one and just let you speak uh, and say what what's going you know, what what is that delegate process and what is the problem that y'all have with it? Well, actually, normally people get a chance to run for delegates. But OK. This time, there was um, 74 people who had uh, was attempting to qualify to run for delegate for the Biden-Harris campaign. Uh, but we were instructed to give their monies back. And uh, Biden campaign had picked 34 members uh, from the district's levels in the first phase of his uh, uh, delegate uh, selection. Okay. Now, they were public officials, elected officials, and uh, there was a total of 59 delegates. Okay. Uh, and the campaign uh, picked 19 black delegates out of the 34 delegates, so uh, it wasn't diverse. Uh, considering blacks that are 61% of the of the voted uh, of the electorate. Right. And uh, there were 74 people you have that were scratched out was su supposed to have been elected by the people, normally elected by the people uh, from the uh, 6th Congressional Districts. And the problem of these um, uh, problem of this is uh, I think that people were robbed of their opportunity to serve. Okay. And also the people of Alabama were robbed of their opportunity to elect the people that they wanted to serve as, as delegates. And the whole process took place without me knowing anything about it until the last minute. And so I'm convinced there was some shenanigans that was taking place and some dialogue between the previous administration that really undermined those people that wanted to qualify for delegates. Okay. I can't prove it at this juncture, but as soon if I as I get more information, I'd be happy to share that. But sure, no, and we can. Well, I'm sure David has some some questions about that, but I I, I want to uh, because I, I again I genuinely I don't know the 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 process here. It is that it is the as a campaign like the Biden Harris campaign or you know the the Clinton uh, campaign before it the Obama campaign before that is it unusual for them to come in and and pick delegates in that manner? 
It is not, but uh, uh, the Obama campaign picked some delegates. Okay. But this basically was a, a totally surprise for us with this uh, Biden administration. Yeah. yeah they, oh, okay. So, they were so normally they work with y'all. Is that what you're saying? Normally they work with the, with the, the state party. That's correct. Yeah. Okay. So they didn't communicate with me. So I'm trying to figure out who they communicated with. And then why we find out about this at such a late date. Hmm. So, so from your vantage point, Chairman Kelly, this was an arbitrary decision made by somebody in the Biden campaign. No, no, it wasn't made by the Biden campaign totally. It was made by, I'm sharing as somebody was in the previous administration in the party before I became chair of the party. Oh, I see. Okay. I see what you're saying. Okay. So you think that the Biden campaign in, in consultation with uh, someone from the previous administration of the Alabama Democratic Party made this decision? That's right. Uh, uh, HIP made that decision. And right. because we were informed in a meeting by another person in the party before we knew it. Okay. So, so, so it was some underhanded, undermined stuff that was taking place. So was this somebody, uh, and you know, and I understand that you may not be disclosing names at this time, but is the person who informed you, was that person a part of the previous administration of the Alabama Democratic Party? That person was affiliated with it. That's correct. Yeah. Okay. What, what, what is, so what do you, what do you get, what's your interpretation of the reason why this happened? What, what do you, what do you speculate or what do you know as, as the reason being for what happened? Our base is just to, to undermine uh, the, uh, the party, the leadership in the party. But now I don't see how the Biden party, Bennett, the Biden administration benefited at all by it. And uh, to me, uh, uh, when it's really uncovered, it is going to backfire under the people who sabotage those people who wanted to uh, vote for Delhi. Because these folks were party leaders, many of them, 74 people. Hmm. So how's... I'm well, sorry, I, was there somebody who was... Was there well, the people that they picked? Was there was there somebody or uh, multiple somebodies amongst that group that that made you believe that this was uh, that they had been working with somebody else? That's correct. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, by the names. Uh-huh. What what impact do you think this particular composition of delegates will have on the overall? electoral process and and will it be dramatically different than if the composition of delegates had been what you had expected them to be yeah i think that if it had been people who ran for office they would have generated i think more enthusiasm among their constituents even for the biden campaign uh, because the people, it's not just the individuals that ran, but it's the people who were voting for the individuals that ran. 
uh, who would have been voting for the individuals that uh, qualify if they was allowed to qualify. I got the sense too, Chairman Kelly, that um, uh, in at least in what I read in the media coverage about this, that you and or uh, Dr. Reed believe that there was some racial component to all of this. Is that the case? And if so, explain that for us. It certainly was. The numbers that they chose, the amount of numbers, I don't recall exactly what they were. It didn't reflect the black electorate. The black electorate is 61%. But now you have a, uh, it's out of whack as far as percentages is concerned of black and white and other as far as the delegates that they select. That's problematic. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, let, me, let me ask you this as, a, as, an, as an overall kind of a question here. Um, is there is there ever any fear uh from from y'all that um that the party is at now I won't say it more because I think that's too you know kind of a stupid yes, phrase. Yes, the party has has been in uh uh chaos this right. this took over. That's how I took it over. <laughs> right, no, certainly yeah because it was in chaos. Right, yeah. sure, but but do you, do you worry uh, that it's that it, it, that this is some indication that that you all have alienated the national party and that's going to cut off uh, a significant amount of funding? I don't think so. Okay, I don't think so. we we have personally more money, I think, than we had in the history of the party under this administration. So we don't have a problem with money, but we have a problem still healing and building the part. Sure, sure. And right. of course, that's what I shared when I first came on your program. That's my objective. But uh, you still got some issues with people trying to sabotage people in the park. And that's, that's an issue. And we're going to eventually deal with that. So you, you said that you have more money than you've ever had? That's correct. The right. the party. How how much do you how much do you have? I'm not going to tell you how much. <laughs> well, I had to ask. Yeah, mean, yeah. You know. And also, as a follow up, could we have some? You know, yeah. just, who knows it? Uh huh. Just do your job. Uh-huh. Right. Uh-huh. But but you're saying that the Democratic, the Alabama Democratic Party, is not in any financial trouble anymore. That's what you're not saying. Not in, in the financial trouble was when I inherited party was broke. They have any staff, no organization, and recruited any candidates and what have you. But we got a, a very good staff now, well, outstanding staff now. And uh, so, okay, uh, we revitalized a number of county units, uh, reorganized them. And so we we're, we're in a good posture. Uh, so let me, and we're going to be at a meeting. Democratic unity meeting at Dexter Avenue uh, tomorrow uh, with the uh, Democratic Black Caucus um, uh, at the the House and the uh, Senate Caucus of the Democratic Party. Okay. Yeah. As, as a as a quick follow up, uh, Chairman Kelly, 
Are you suggesting to us then, you're not going to tell us the amount, okay, <laughs> but are, are you suggesting- hey, now you're being it. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm, a, I'm, on a, I'm on the Madison County Democratic Executive Committee. I think it may be my business, but I get what you're saying. But let me ask you this. Um, is, are, you, are, you, are you sort of telling us also or hinting to us and, that- And, that and also, let me, let, me, let me share, not only do we have more than we've had, but we we in the process of hiring a specialist that deals with raising raising money right now. So okay. we're not, uh, satisfied even with what we have, and uh, okay. we're in a very good position financially. So we're not worried about that. Okay, and, so uh, so does that mean that fundraising that you've had some successful is is fundraising the main source of this this influx of money or is it coming from membership? What, what, what's, what's the source? Different sources. We okay. got multiple sources. Okay. All right. So let me kind of kind of going back to to the to the problem with the delegates, though, because uh, I'm trying to wrap my head around what exactly how how it would work at the national level. Um, you know, who who there? Why why would somebody at the national level? care who Alabama's delegates are? That's a good question. That's a good question there. Uh -huh. That's what I'm, I'm trying to figure out why the people in Alabama who want to run and be delegate was not allowed an opportunity to run. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's, that's, that is a very, very fair question. I mean, obviously, you said it, it, it happens before. It's happened before. But in, the, in those and, previous cases where it's happened, was there, was there an obvious reason for why they, they came in and selected? Like for Obama example, was there an obvious they, reason why his campaign came in and selected certain people? Well, they sent a team in, and we had a dialogue. And basically, we negotiated, but I had no input in these delegates that they Right. And no, let me, I just not care at that time. I was the vice chair, but I do remember the dialogue that we had with the people with us uh, from uh, uh, President Obama. Okay, and, and let me let me kind of dig into that for just a second, just to to satisfy my curiosity because I don't like I said I'm I'm unfamiliar with that sort of process, and I think a lot of people are. But what would be some of the reasons why? Uh, a campaign would want to come in and select certain delegates. Is it to kind of repay favors? Is it uh, because they're big donors? Is it is there is there a reason why they would do that? I don't know. I think these was handpicked people by who was favorites of a person that was in the leadership. Sure, no, 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 no. I'm not trying to get you to guess about this. I mean, like that was, that the, was say, say the Obamas, for example. Yeah, uh, their folks. Well, in this case, what I'm talking about, I don't know what the Obama case was. Okay. I, don't know Obama, I, I just meant in general. I, I wasn't trying that. to, yeah. yeah. I wasn't yeah. trying to get you to guess about that. I was just saying, like, what, what, what are the reasons why a presidential campaign would would select certain delegates? Is it, you know, just to to repay a favor? Is it because they know them? Uh, certain loyalties, donations, that sort of thing. That's all I was. I was I'm getting. trying to get to the bottom of it myself. Hmm. Okay. I'm gonna try to hire the same secret agent y'all hire because I ain't got <laughs> to the bottom of it yet. Well, that's uh, that's 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 interesting. Yeah, it, it is a it it is a, a a thing, you know. And do do you think it will ultimately come to a lawsuit? 
I think it may come to a lawsuit. Um, but I, I think that it's a thing that really shouldn't be allowed to. No backlash. It needs to be some uh, explanation. It needs to be some uh, reason. But what I see is those folks were slighted. They were more harmed. They was fired up about running for, for uh, being delegates to the right. county. These people were dedicated and committed. And then all of a sudden, then they find out that they came qualified. Chairman, Chairman Kelly, you, uh, at least the, the news report I read, said that you thought, this was a couple of weeks ago, I think, said that uh, you expected this to be worked out. So now are you saying that you're not expecting it to work out and you think it's going to end up in court? I think it may end up in court. And if it ends up in court, that's fine. And so, but I think that it needs to be addressed. It has a mental address that needs to be addressed. So does that, when you say it, it needs to be addressed, are you suggesting that the party leadership has not been responsive to requests for an explanation from you or any of your team? Uh, that's right. The particular contact that we've had has not been. Hmm. Huh. Do, do you feel like, uh, and this is my, my last question, uh, do, do you feel like this is a punchback at, at you, Dr. Reed, uh, because of the things that have taken place over the course of the last couple of years? No, I just think it's some shenanigans going on in the party like it has been since I've been chair. And it's an old administration still grasping for the last breaths and what have you. And as soon as we find out who did it and who was in the communication, we basically go expose it. Hmm. I have to ask you, uh, Chairman Kelly, um, as we as we sit here and talk about this, uh, what in in your in your suspicions, what's the uh, what's the current relationship and situation with you and uh, and Tabitha Eisner? What what's going on there? Well, she's still vice chair, but we haven't had a good relationship. Uh -huh. So nothing has really changed. Well, she's still in the vice chair, and I'm in the chair's position, and she's not going to be the chair as long as I'm the chair. There's not going to be but one chair. Yes, sir. Yeah, that's what okay. the, the issue is, you know, standing. Uh, yeah, I think yeah, I think all David was asking is, is it have have you figured out a way to coexist? We we figured out a way to coexist. Yeah. Uh -huh. I'd assume now, because the problem hadn't been on my side. The problem has been on her side. Yeah, I hadn't, I hadn't, uh, I mean, there was a point in time where it seemed like, um, you know, I would get some sense of her presence either via the media or, or, or some other way, but I, I hadn't heard anything or seen anything about her in quite some time now. So that's, and, and then when this comes up, it made me wonder, well, you know, what you, you know, what, what was the current state of things between the two of you? Yeah. Well, she's still in a position. Yeah. Yeah. 
No, I've seen I've seen her do some things. I, I've seen she's she's uh, put out some uh, some materials and and did and done. I mean, I I think that a lot of uh, Tabitha's work is 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 very beneficial to a lot of people in the party. And I understand that you, you she uh, you and her have a have a very contentious relationship with the way things have gone. I understand that. I think she would probably blame you more for it as you have blamed her more for it. And I, I, that's but that's typically how it works in a in a contentious relationship. But you know, I. I I, I would say, do you, know, you feel like do my job without her? I don't, I don't need her to do my do to, to be effective at my job. I can be effective at my job without her. So she's never been a problem to okay. me, other than just a contrary person. And and and, and I'm not saying that to be uh, abrasive or anything like that, but I shared some of the things that she did. Mm-hmm. It hadn't been anything me doing to her on my part that I know of, unless you could name some. Well, I mean, I think that she obviously took uh, took issue, as many people did, with the with the bylaws rewrite and uh, and implementing the new bylaws and doing some things like that. And, and we don't want to rehash any of that at this point. I think it we've that's been that's been well covered and well documented who whose side everybody was on and what's being done. And um, but you know, so I, I think that that sparked a lot of the the problems. And um, and but more so, where do you feel like? The party is now. Do you see like that you're more co- you're, you're more cohesive? Well, actually, I don't have to be cohesive with her. She's not the chair. I'm the chair. As long as I'm the chair, I'm going to do my job. So I don't really need her to to, to function. Okay. Well, uh, that. I think we, we've we've covered about all that, that we that we wanted. So we really wanted the the to cover you know what what was going on with the delegates, and I think that uh, you have explained that far better than David and I did last week. Yeah, we so, were fumbling which, around, yeah, we didn't know which what was, was talking about. admittedly a pretty yeah, low bar for you. You're too nosy. Yeah, well, you know, that's we. That's we our like job, know. though. That's yeah, our it job. It kind of goes with the territory. Uh, but listen, hey, we always appreciate you. You're always willing. Yes. Every time we, every time we send them, David sends the message. You always get back. You always yes. respond. You always come on. You always answer the questions. And then, you know, no matter if, if you and I argue, or if you and David argue, we you always come back because I think we all we all want to get to the same place. And and you know, no matter what we disagree on, I think we agree on much, much more than what we disagree on. Yeah, and I try to hide from y'all, but just such a small office, though, I can't hide. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, we, we appreciate you, uh, Dr. Re- yes. uh, Reverend Dr. Kelly, and uh, we hope to have you back on again sometime soon. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Appreciate you. Uh-huh. That is uh, uh, do- Reverend Dr. Uh, Randy Kelly, and uh, and that's, listen, I, I think, I'll, I'll say this. It's very encouraging. Very encouraging to hear him talk about the financial state of the Absolutely. party. Absolutely, um, and so uh, you know, I think that was a big concern, and and I hope that that continues to carry forward. But we're we're going to come back in just a minute, wrap this thing up. Uh, we're back in just a few minutes. Uh, Alabama politics this week. If you're hearing my voice, that means you are a fan of Alabama politics this week. And I want to tell you how grateful I am that you listen. 
and that you're engaged with what Josh and I talk about every week. So I want to ask you to continue listening and uh, continue to support us and definitely reach out with ideas, comments, suggestions. Uh, Your support makes a difference and it means a lot. Welcome back. Hello, Mountain Politics this week brought to you by Wind Creek Entertainment. Josh Moon, David Person. I uh, appreciate Randy Kelly joining us for a little while. Always uh, Absolutely. always an interesting conversation with Dr. Reverend uh, Kelly or Reverend Dr. Kelly. Yeah, um, Doctor. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, speaking of interesting conversations, uh, mm-hmm. we got we got two things that we need to cover right in the in the final. I, I didn't miss a third, did I? Because we were going to talk about uh, uh, the library board and then our right wing yeah. nut. Uh, yeah. And his, okay. Um, uh, the first one is uh, Kay Ivey and, um, and this whole deal with the library board and mm-hmm. how we've now pulled out of the National Library Association deal. Um, and because it was too woke, I guess, which is, uh, you know, I, 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 I'm so tired of these people and this <laughs> stupid stupidity. Um, but I, what I wanted to highlight here is the, we all know this is dumb. Okay. We all know that this is overblown horse shit from these people. Okay. We all know this. All right. This, mm-hmm. this stuff about the books and the, and the, and the, you know, oh my God, there's a lesbian on the cover of them. You know, I mean, shut up. It's so <laughs> stupid. All right. And this idea that somehow or another, you know, kids are running into libraries for their porn is so right. ridiculous and nonsensical uh, yeah. that, you know, and, and they've just created this entire firestorm of their own making among about 15 people per town. And, and so, but they've got the Republican establishment to push it as well because they don't know how to actually govern. And so they've got to rely on stupid shit like this to actually have something to say and something to do. Mm-hmm. But we did it in a in a record amount of time. We went from, oh, we should move these books to let's leave the National Library Board um, and and disassociate completely from them because they won't allow us to ban whatever books we want to ban or what, you know, however we want to do it. Although I don't think that they really had any say so whatsoever uh, in any of that. They just gave the library money, uh, which there's no way that we're ever going to be able to make that money up unless we pass a gambling bill. Uh, And so, you know, but I would, I just want everybody to pay attention to how quickly we can get things done if there is the will to do it. Yeah. And I want to compare that to our parole board in this state, the pardons and parole board for this state, mm-hmm. and how awful it has been and how terrible it has been. And also to our, uh, our governance of the entire ADOC system our Department of Corrections system, and how terrible it has been. There have been more. We had a report last week. More than 1,000 people in the last three years have died in Alabama prisons. More than 300 died last year. All right? Mm. ADOC confirmed this in our Mm. prisons. We have had, that doesn't include the just horrific stories of rape and torture and kidnapping and uh, uh, ransom that take place every single day that sometimes includes the guards uh, as being part of this. Um, I got, I got an email from a guy the other day that said a guard 
charged him $200 for a phone. He was able to raise it. So how's that? How, how's that possible? He, he bought the phone from the guard. He was able to raise it through his family. Oh, you mean like a cell phone? Yeah, you cell phone. Like yeah. A... yeah, cell phone. Wow. So, wait a minute. A few weeks later, that guard comes and does a sale check and confiscates the phone and then sells it back to him for another $200. This is what's taking place. And that's, that's a, that's a low level thing. Okay. That's a low level wow. problem. Uh, that's, that doesn't include any violence or anything that's, that's happening. That's what's taking place every single day in these prisons. Okay. That, and the fact that our pardons and parole board is currently every single meeting almost violating their own regulations and the laws that they wanted passed to govern themselves. All right. They're doing this all the time. Lee Watney has violated the law dozens of times. She should technically be arrested for violating the law and pushing back uh, the, the next appointment for parole for five years when she didn't have the legal authority to do so. All right. Nobody's done well, shit for that. Yeah. Not a damn thing. Yeah. And, and and then, of course, you know, we also have the problem of people not being paroled, perhaps uh, many people allege, and I, and I think I agree with this, that they're not being paroled so that they can continue to be used as free or very, very low-cost labor. Oh, a you know, thousand percent! Is, yeah, which is tantamount to slavery. So you've got, you know, you've got this, that that component going on as well, which really reeks of... Uh, uh, I think an even higher level of in, immorality and injustice, mm-hmm. uh, and and uh, so it yeah it it just stinks all the way around, Josh. It's a it's a it's a very uh, the the appearance of corruption is just um, well you just can't get away from it. I no. mean it's just it just appears to be rampantly corrupt, you know. And uh, and the question is what can we what can we do about it? You know, because something needs to be done. I mean, it's good we're talking about it on this podcast. It's good mm-hmm. that people like our friend Beth and others are reporting on it. Beth Sherilburn and others are doing reporting. But but what 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 can we do about it beyond that? I you know, until there is some sort of public outreach um, that demands these things be addressed. I, you know, I don't know. I don't, I, you know, they're obviously not going to do it. They don't care enough to do it. As a matter of fact, many of them run on the fact that they are basically torturing people to death. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, and it just, um, it, it's, it's, it's really ugly. I mean, it, it really, yeah. it's really, um, it's really disgusting behavior uh, to, to watch, to be able to have the ability to stop some of this and not do anything about it every day. Yeah. I don't know how, I don't honestly, I don't know how as a person like Kay Ivey or, or anybody that's in, in power um, with the authority to, to make changes and get things done can, can sleep knowing what's taking place in these, in these prisons. Um, and, and then come out with a straight face and talk about, you know, them doing a good job. And, and it's just, you know, I mean, what are you talking well, about? It's, it's yeah. the same white supremacist, uh, I think denial uh, you know, disease of denial that has permeated this state and the South, the yeah. Confederate South, uh, for centuries. And, uh, you know, it's baked in. I don't, I don't know that they even consciously realize what they're doing in terms of, uh, you know, the, 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 the wholesale dehumanization of people. And I'm saying white supremacy uh, 
because I think that's that's probably uh, the best way to really describe it overall. But I mean, it affects white prisoners too. You know, they're mm-hmm. being adversely affected by this as well, not just prisoners of color. I, I I mean, that's what I would. That's how I would explain it. I mean, it's just it's terrible. I mean, we, we had the third case of a of a uh, you know a deceased inmate. Uh, or a deceased incarcerated person uh, being returned to the family with, that, with missing organs, you know? Uh, I that's mean, a, the hell? That's, yeah. But... What's going on, you know? And, no, and nobody's answering any questions. And, um, and you know, and then, and then we get to our right-wing nut, uh, our Attorney General Steve Marshall, mm-hmm. um, also a, a multi-champion in this uh, particular category. Yep. Yep. Um, and, you know, he's out holding a press conference the day after we have an execution in this state, uh, you know, in which we use nitrogen hypoxia to, to essentially smother a person to death, um, who by accounts of the people there, you know, writhed on the table for a good 20 minutes as yeah. uh, he lost, you know, his, his life. And, um, and, you know, and he's holding a press conference, congratulating the state on being the first to do this and offering, you know, to teach other states how to do it and talking about it in this, as though it's some level of achievement um, that, that we have something that we have accomplished and something to be proud of. Yeah. I mean, you know, we have real problems in this state. I mean, I, you know, maybe you could go down and take a look at the child labor taking place at some of our, uh, some of these plants, uh, around the state, uh, some of them right in his backyard and, you know, I, or, or something along those lines, but instead he's cheering this at a press conference and, you know, I, it, it's, it's possible it's possible to say this person did a very bad thing and he should be punished for that very bad mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. And to also not take the position that we are doing a good thing by killing that person. Okay. Yeah, that's right. I, that's right. I, I mean, I, you know, I, I honestly think back and this is uh, uh, you know, a little bit corny, but I think it, it illustrates the, the right attitude that we should take with this. And that's, you know, if you've seen the movie, the green mile with Tom Hanks and, and yeah. those you know, people and the way that they, that he forces people to behave on, on death row, hmm. uh, I think is, is exactly right. We have a job to do. We're going to do that job. We're going to take a professional uh, stance on this job. We're going to treat these people with respect and dignity because otherwise, how can we stand in judgment of them if we can't offer respect and dignity ourselves to them as people? And we're going to try to judge them because they didn't do the same thing. Well, that's not how it works. Right. Not how it works at all. Okay. If once right. we lower ourselves to celebrating smothering someone to death, we don't have the high ground anymore. That's just all there is to it. Yeah. Well, I and I would argue that we we lose the high ground even by having the death penalty. But if we're going to have a death penalty, it should certainly be the most humane and um, and fair application of the death penalty that is possible. And that's what I think you're saying. We yes. fail. We fail altogether in that regard. Well, and, and I and I tell you this, I think we fail altogether in the entire system. That we have, okay. We have we we have lost all uh, all of the moral high ground at all at this point by refusing to correct the problems of our corrections system mm-hmm. um, by 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 continuing to allow the absolute torture 
and suffering of humans that we know is taking place. Yeah. I mean, we know that this is taking place every every day. And yes, these people committed crimes, and they're there to be punished. And that's but that there's also we don't call it the Department of Punishment, okay? We call it the Department of Corrections because the ultimate goal, the ultimate goal is to rehabilitate these people, every single one of them, to some level, to some degree, and then, all, except for the folks who are on death row, to release them back to society as better humans, able to be productive citizens, and and on the right course for life. All right, all right? that's, that's what's the goal. supposed to be happening. That's what that's what the goal is supposed to be. Yeah, we I agree. That's what it's supposed to be. We ain't doing it. No, and I think we're not doing it because it's no longer the goal. The goal now is just to be as punitive as we can be and as vindictive as we can be and to dehumanize uh, people, you know, who have been convicted of crimes. And, And, of course, that doesn't even take into account the fact that studies have shown, especially when you talk about people on death row, that, you know, people, innocent people have been uh, executed, Yeah, you know? So I mean, they refused parole to a dead guy. <laughs> they didn't even know he was dead. They refused yeah. parole to a quadriplegic. Yeah. I mean, and, and it, what, it's and, just. And then you got DeForest, uh, DeForest Johnson, right? Yeah. Who's, uh, who's in there. They know he didn't do it. Then they still won't parole him. I mean, what the hell is that? They know it, and and it's just it's it's a sham of. I mean, I I just I don't get it, man. It's you know it's like when you watch those movies, you read the books, uh, you know, and uh, you know the Brian Stevenson uh, Just Mercy book, uh, you know, when he talked about the uh, the prosecutors and and people that that continue to stand by these convictions, even though they know that 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 is tainted beyond belief. They know what they did. They know Mm -hmm. what evidence that they they concocted. They know that how they manipulated this, and they still want to stand behind it and they still want to lock that person up and 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 have them in this awful place and it just you know to do this to people and then to on the back side of it pretend as though you're governing under some christian guidance <laughs> you know yeah. is the height of hypocrisy okay it is. i mean it is, it is you know, and, and I listen, I'm not standing in judgment of anybody on, on, on where they are, but you're the one that, that brings it up. You know, you're the one that claims this, not me. I don't claim that you're not. You claim that you are. So prove it. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. All right. I can't rant anymore. I've got all my rants out. That was so. a good rant, though. That was a good yeah. rant. That was an important rant. That was important. Thank you. Appreciate that. I'll put that rant on, on, on my list of top rants. All right. Uh, let's get out of here. Uh, until next week, y'all be safe out there. Peace. <laughs>